Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Lux mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, hello, hello. I'm your Betty Page, hostess with the mostest, Michael Munoz. And welcome to In Yo Mouth! In Yo Mouth. I'm the queen of food who's always in the mood. To lick it right, lick it good, show you how to Oh, God, that's good. I want to know what you eat from the streets to the sheets. So open wide, honey. I'm coming. In Yo Hey there and welcome back, folks. Once again, I'm your hostess with the most is Munoz. And can you feel a brand new day? Can you feel a brand new microphone? Yes. Hopefully the dulcet tones of Munoz are sounding extra delicious today because for my birthday, I bought myself something real fancy and I've been playing around with it. And this is like its inaugural like voyage or whatever, <laughs> whatever we're calling it. So hopefully this is working out. And um, on the back end, when I listen back, this really was worth the money. So shout out to you, Shore Microphones and not a sponsor. I am really excited uh, for this new endeavor. We are coming up on three years of Munoz being what? In yo mouths. I can't believe it. Mouthfuls. Yep. We're, we're just going with that title for y'all out there, The Mouthfuls. And I I really, really just can't believe it that in, what is it, maybe less than two weeks, this will be three years of this podcast. And all of you send me so much love on the internet. I know you've been buying the merch. I'm still waiting to see the photos because I know it's been received because I track every last one of them. Send me the photos at In Your Mouth Pod on Instagram or In Your Mouth NYC at gmail.com. I am happy for a repost because as you know, these days, content is not easy to come by. <laughs> Plus, I, w- I would love to see your beautiful faces in the merch. Like, oh, why not? You spent the money. Show it to me. Other than that, um, I'm feeling good. It's a beautiful day here in Times Square in my 120 square feet of Times Square. And I mean, it's freezing in New York, but that's par for the course. It's winter. And I am so, 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 so excited for today's guest because it is, I mean, I don't think y'all are ready. And no shade to Dr. Zagragan out there because she was the first doctor on the podcast, right? She she is always welcome in my home. But sometimes we need a doctor that's really, really familiar with the lives of us LGBTQ people. Please join me in welcoming the one, the only, the very TikTok famous Dr. Carlton. Say hi. Hi. (laughs) How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much. It's a beautiful day in Southern California. I love that. Yes. Dr. Carlton is coming to us all the way from San Diego. So I love that. I love that. Thank you for being here. 
I'm happy to be here. So for those of you out there that don't know, and you probably already do, because like the entire world, including myself, even though I'm not very present on TikTok, is on TikTok. Um, even if you're on Instagram, people just keep reposting these TikToks. And Do Dr. Carlton is no stranger to the game. But Dr. Carlton is a gay gastroenterologist who was raised in an uber conservative tobacco town in the deep south, but somehow made his way to training at the Mayo Clinic for a top-tier medical education. There's a Golden Girls quote in there uh, regarding the Mayo Clinic, and I know you love the Mayo, uh, the Golden Girls, Dr. Carlton. I do, yeah. <laughs> you and me both. We'll talk about it. Um, sure. He landed his dream job in San Diego where he is married to an amazing guy and has two kids. Yes. While he serves the entire community's medical needs, he is particularly proud to serve the local LGBTQ plus community in San Diego as a resource for healthcare without judgment. He stumbled onto TikTok during the pandemic and realized the need and the hunger for anal sex education. I mean, hello. And not just from the LGBTQ family, but also women and straight men interested in but play. So I am really, really excited for today's podcast, and I can't wait to get into it. But before we do anything, Dr. Carlton, mm -hmm. in the grand tradition of In Your Mouth, I need to wish you Happy National Chocolate Day! Yum! Well, Chocolate Cake Day. Oh, even better. <laughs> I'm like, there's just so much information. I'm like tripping over my words here. Are you a chocolate cake kind of guy? Oh, I love chocolate cake. What's your yeah. favorite chocolate cake to make? My favorite chocolate cake to make, Black Forest. Ooh. Black She's complicated. Forest. I like yeah, that. Yeah, she she's a she's a complicated bitch, honey. <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's got layers. She's got layers <laughs> and drama. <laughs> awesome. And yours, what's your favorite chocolate cake to eat? Oh, wow. Um I'd say German chocolate cake. All right. All right. You know, pretty yeah. standard. I love I yeah. love it. You know, the chocolatier, the better, I would say. And since in, you're in San Diego, I mean, I know you're a doctor, but it's legal there. There's all like the edible chocolate, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> There's definitely a lot of that around here, for sure. I know. I know. I can't wait for it to be legal here in New York because the drinking will be done and over with, you know, and therefore the weight gain will be gone as well. <laughs> well... <laughs> As you know, the thing about those edible things is they kind of increase your appetite and you end up making up your calories in other ways. So <laughs> just from the munchies. Yeah, I like sometimes. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I don't know. There there has to be a balance somewhere <laughs> for sure. Yeah, definitely. But, but I, I, think... I, de I definitely get most of my calories from alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, even though I am in the last uh, the last days of dry January during um, after my fortieth birthday, I didn't do a, a full dry January because my my birthday. Yes, in your mouth, listeners, we are still celebrating my fortieth. Get over it. Uh, don't at me. But uh, my birthday is the first uh, week of January, and so I did that, drank my face off, and then no more. Quit it. Ah, right? There you go. Just to slim down, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Cut yeah, your yeah. calories, girl. Uh, yes, cut my calories. And Lord knows I'm not even <laughs> eating any chocolate cake. But for those of you out there that are, happy National Chocolate Cake Day. And moving right along to this day in gay history. And did you know, Dr. Carlton, that in 1972, the New York City Council vetoes a proposed gay rights ordinance that would have prohibited discrimination against gay men and lesbians in employment, housing, and public accommodations? Wow. Yeah. I was seven days old. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> look at that. And you don't look a day under 28. <laughs> so I don't know how that is possible. <laughs> well, with the, the new things happening in politics, I thought this was this was really lovely and just like, um, you know, a nice little history throwback. But um, speaking of gay history, do you have any intel on when the first penis went into a butthole? <laughs> oh, that, that goes way back. <laughs> I mean, who thought of that? Who? I, I want to meet the man who was like, you know what? I'm going to put my pee-pee 
in your butthole and you're going to like it. That's exactly. <laughs> but it goes back to ancient times. So, you know. Yeah. I mean, these are the things I think about, like things like that and like who invented like Ziploc bags or like where did glitter f- come from or or like. <laughs> <laughs> This is how I'm spending my day. Listen, that's, no hey, listen, j- that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Carlton's like, what did I get myself into? <laughs> oh my God. No, but I thought today would be a little different because, you know, what we put in our in our mouths directly affects what comes out of our butts or what we decide to put in our butts. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely, for sure. Yeah. I mean, one of the biggest things that I come across on TikTok is a lot of controversy on whether or not somebody should clean out before they have anal sex. Yeah. Um, a lot of the younger crowd is very, oh, you shouldn't do that because of all the, the flora and it's bad for you. And and I'm here to tell you after 20 years of GI medicine and being gay for almost 50 years now, I've never had a case of someone coming in who, oops, they do too much so I don't get too bent out of shape about people cleaning out for um, anal sex, but it definitely makes it easier to have anal sex if you have a healthy diet. Yeah. So lots of fiber, you know, plenty of fluids. If you eat well, there's less residue left there to clean up and it makes it a much easier and better experience for everybody involved. Yeah, but uh, well, let's get into that and let's explore mm-hmm. that for a minute because I feel like I eat very well, and you know, I I have friends who eat very well, and their and their bowel movements. Yeah, we're talking about it in your mouth, listeners. Yeah. So buckle buckle your seatbelts because we're getting we're about to get down and real dirty. But you know, like I. I go to the bathroom many times a day. I have a friend who eats very well as well and only goes to the bathroom one once a day. And I don't understand. I don't understand the mechanics of it. Like, why is yeah. this? Well, it goes back to everybody. Although we have the same basic functional anatomy, we we all function a little bit differently. Some people's, you know, your normal is what's normal for you. So if you're going three or four times a day and that's normal for you, well, that's that's just the way you're made. Some people go once a week. I don't see, I couldn't function that way, but I, I mean, um, no, yeah. I'm no. a get up in the morning, have a cup of coffee and, and within 15 minutes, look out. Cause I'm in the bathroom. Oh yeah. Yeah. I could set a clock. I could set a clock from the moment I get up to the moment that coffee touches my, touches my lips. And Oh, is it a joyous, <laughs> joyous <laughs> moment? I was just going to say, yeah. And, and the, one of the reasons why that happens is when you eat something or put something in your stomach, like coffee, it sends a signal from your stomach to your colon to empty to make room for the food that's coming in. So it makes the stuff that's there already exit so that you get rid of the waste and you're able to take more in. So that's called the gastrocolic reflex. And a lot of people think, oh, I ate and five minutes later, I was in the bathroom and went right through me. Well, no, it didn't go right through you. It, it takes several hours to go right through you, but it stimulates a movement to, to make it feel like it's coming right through you. Yeah, I'm that guy. I'm I'm totally that guy. Like I yeah. can't drink juice because it goes right through me. And the doc, my doctor's like that. It's not. That's not the way it works, Michael. <laughs> and I was like, I promise you, I intermittent fast, doctor, and I haven't eaten in 14 hours, and that juice went right through me. And he's like, that's still not the way. That works. <laughs> totally. Uh, yeah, and it's. And speaking of diet, you know, all these fad diets are around, and I didn't even think about this till right now. All these fad diets are huge now between intermittent fasting and the keto diet and, um, you know, the slim fast diet or trim spot. You know? right. like, how is that? How is that really affecting your body and your movements? Well, depending on what's in each diet, there are definitely major effects. If If you if you go to more of a keto diet, a lot of people get constipated because they're not really eating a lot of a, a lot of fiber with a keto diet, and so they end up getting constipated and 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 have to take something to help them move things along a little bit. 
Um, the, the problem with dieting overall, these fad diets where you intermittently fast or you, you do keto all the time, as soon as you change your habits, things are kind of going to go back to the way they were before. So you, it, it's kind of a good jump start for people. But the, real, the only long-term change is going to be on something that you can propagate in the long term. So, you know, I, I've been on all those little shake diets and things like that, and I'll lose 20 pounds and I'll look fabulous. And then like, Three months later, I'm eating McDonald's again, and here I go, you know. So it has to be a lifestyle that you maintain. Yeah, and that's kind of what I was getting at as well, mm-hmm. because we're in January. You know, I was just talking about dry January, and, you know, people start the new year with with new year, new me, new diet, this and that. You know, Weight Watchers comes out with a new program at the beginning of every year or just before the year's turn. And then people start these things and then fall off of them. And totally. so it's it's really interesting to hear how your body responds to that and how things are moving through you for sure. But speaking about diet, you know, you are a family man. I, I'm kind of curious. And you have mm-hmm. two, two children that are well into their teens, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, 15, I love, yeah. yeah, I love all of that. Right. Um, what's, what's for dinner? I, I'm curious, like what's for dinner at the Dr. Carlton house? Well, um, my husband's a cook, so he's making, um, baked chicken legs tonight Yeah, and some brown rice and some vegetables. I lo- so. love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Well, folks out there, if you're like me and alone, I thought it would also be great with a Valentine's day right around the corner to kind of gear this towards, you know, a little self-love. I've been preaching a lot of self-love. You have to love yourself, right? Uh, To like, you know, especially during these times to keep your mental health in shape and and yourself in shape. So why not why not attribute that self-love to like, you know, a little bit of sexual health as well. And Dr. Carlton is the expert. And you were talking about douching before, right? And Mm -hmm. and whatnot. How much douching is too much douching? Well, I think as with anything in life, moderation is key. You know, Mm -hmm. if you drink too much alcohol, you're going to get really, really drunk. If you do too many drugs, you're going to have major problems. (laughs) If, you know, if you do anything to the extreme, you're going to you're going to have issues. Right. So I, I just recommend as much as it takes for you to be clean and prepared. And. Listen, and, and the whole the whole end of this thing, one of the things I always tell people, hey, is listen, do your best, but in the end, shit happens. That's where shit comes out. So don't get too upset or embarrassed or frustrated if it does, because that's a natural process of our bodies. So you kind of have to keep that in the back of your mind. You can do the best you can, but it's not always going to be perfect. I love that. Yeah. What made you want to go and be a gastroenterologist like why not why not like plastic surgery or or i don't know pediatrics or you know <laughs> well, like i i'm i'm always very curious especially well, about like gastroenterologists and gynecologists like what made you want to be like i'm i'm going to stare at that all day well i I kind of have a little bit of a joke that goes with that one. One of my first practices was in Palm Springs and it was a very, very high end Beverly Hills type practice. And I, I had this woman roll up in her Rolls Royce and she got out and she, she, you know, she came into my office and she says, Oh, Dr. Carlton, whatever would make you want to be a gastroenterologist? How could you do that all day? And I said, <clears throat> Buffy, there's about a thousand dollars up everybody's ass. You just got to be man enough to go up and get it. Oh, <laughs> and uh, she thought that was hysterical. <laughs> That's not why I do it. I don't do it for the money, but I just was kind of you know yeah, kind of yeah, yeah, yanking yeah. her chain a little bit. <laughs> or, 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 or so yanking so, her chain, or pulling her colon, or or, or however we want to reference it. <laughs> right. How I got into it was basically I did a rotation in a rural county in South Carolina. Uh, with a family practitioner. And he had his own colonoscopy set up there because they don't have specialists in these small little towns. So he said, here, here's a patient, do a colonoscopy, you know, try it for a couple of minutes, you're going to fail. And then in two minutes, come out and get me and we'll, uh, and I'll laugh at you and tell you how to do it right. And then it was just, he came back in five minutes later, and I was already where I needed to be, where he would 
would have been at that point. And he says, oh, my God, you need to do this for a living because you're really good at it. It's kind of like playing video games with much higher stakes. You know, you get to prevent cancer. You get to spot a cancer. You know, you get to give people their parents or their grandparents for 20 or 30 more years as opposed to losing them from colon cancer. So I get to prevent cancer. I get to help people. One of the big things that I've learned in taking care of of a range of people anywhere from paupers that are homeless to billionaires is basically if everybody could eat, sleep, and poop, they would be happy. Yeah, tell me about that. Like, especially especially these days when people are overeating, not sleeping, and they're, the bowel movements, who knows what's happening? <laughs> who exactly. knows what's happening there? Exactly. So I kind of fell into the, the uh, idea that maybe I should do this. I did my first rotation in as a visiting medical student in, in, um, in med school at the Mayo Clinic. And I had no idea that Mayo was the number one place in the world for gastrointestinal care. Um, Mayo, I don't know if you've ever been there or know much about it, but Rochester, Minnesota is a tiny little town in the middle of a cornfield. I mean, there is nothing. Minneapolis is two hours north and there's nothing to do. And if you don't have transportation, the only thing that's there is the Mayo Clinic. So I would go to work I would study really hard. I didn't have any trouble to get into because, first of all, it's a very straight place. But second, <laughs> second of all, there just wasn't any, you know, there wasn't anything to do. So I focused on medicine. I really the, impressed them. There was no grinder or scruff. Neither. Oh, back then there wasn't, yeah. There was only those AOL chat rooms. Exactly. That's <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah. Minneapolis M for M. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I know them well. I'm old enough to know. <laughs> a little phone bone was about all I could get back then, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, phone sex was big back then. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So, um, and that was before camera phones. So I can't imagine. Wow. Yeah. Um, but um, thankfully there was no cameras back then. <laughs> <laughs> But, but, you know, I really focused on doing a good job. They were really impressed. They really liked me. And they said, hey, you not only need to come back here and do internal medicine residency, but we, wanna, we want you back for fellowship too. So I'm one of the few people that they've ever offered a combined residency and fellowship to beginning, in the beginning, you know, and I couldn't turn it down. I mean, it's six years of winter because Minnesota is not the most fun place to be in the, in the wintertime, but how can you beat that name? You know, Mayo Clinic's the best in the world. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, like I said, there's that great Golden Girls episode. It's a Christmas episode where they get held up at um, the mental health center by the Santa Claus. And then there's the there's the guy who's like a chronic uh, liar. And, oh, right, right, right. right and yeah. he says, hi, I'm Dr. So-and-so from the Mayo Clinic. This patient is very... <laughs> <laughs> That's a yeah, it's ahead. an airplane episode too. I mean, airplane, um, the, the movie, the first movie on airplane. Oh, yeah. These may- mayo jars, and they, they called the guy at the Mayo Clinic, and it was just a guy with a bunch of mayonnaise jars. I around. haven't seen, I haven't seen that movie in forever. Um, yeah, but yeah, one. when I when I think of the Mayo Clinic, that like that sound bite from the Golden Girl, I I watch them every night before bed. I'm a, oh, me too. That's me. I fall asleep to the girls. Oh my god, me too. My yeah. uh, you could set a clock to how long it will take me from the beginning of the theme song to when the episode starts, to when I'm out like a light. <laughs> me too, same way. It's funny. <laughs> I knew we were kindred spirits. We love, butt, <laughs> we, love, we love butt sex and the Golden Girls. But moving right along to, your, to this like TikTok moment you're having and mm-hmm. you're answering all the butt sex questions in the world that anybody wants to hear and then some. How did that come about? Well, w- one of the things that we never got in school is gay sex education, or even butt stuff education. You know, if you're lucky enough to get sex ed in, in school, when we were in school, it was, you know, totally penis badge, you know, throw a condom at you and that's it. If you're lucky to get that. No, I, I so, went to the bathroom during the eighth grade, uh, Our Lady of Perpetual Help, eighth grade. I had to go to the bathroom. And when I came back, the conversation about masturbation had just ended. And I was like, wait, what? What, what were we talking about? <laughs> No no joke. I'll never forget it. Yeah. Yeah. So not only did we not get it in in school, but even in training as a gastroenterologist, I never got a gay or butt stuff 
sex talk in college, in med school, in residency, or in fellowship. It actually ended up being that in, in fellowship, you have to give a talk every month to the entire staff. And I was the only one who would ever talk about sex because there was such a hunger and lack of information for it. Like, especially because I'm focused in diseases like ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease, there's so many people out in this world who have those diseases and nobody's ever talked to them about sex or if it's safe to have sex or if it's okay to have sex or how to have sex right back there. So um, that, that really kind of awakened me to the idea that there was a need. And then when, you know, this whole pandemic thing happened and suddenly I have a bunch of time on my hands because I'm not running to the hospital as much or to the, to, to my clinic as much because we're doing a lot of telemedicine. Um, I realized, Hey, there's, you know, uh, what can I contribute to TikTok? And that's I'm, not I'm, an OnlyFans. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. What can I contribute to TikTok? So one day out of the blue, I just, I put up a, a two part series called butt stuff one and two. And it was about the, you know, the part one was about cleaning out and lubrication and, uh, the third part was about relaxation to make it happen. And I looked at my TikTok account the next day and I had 50,000 new followers and 1.5 million hits on, on these videos. And I was like, wow. whoa. And I thought, oh, it's going to be a bunch of gay dudes. So I'm looking through the, the analytics on the profiles and it's mostly women. And that was quite a shocker to me. I didn't realize that there were that many women who were as interested in butt stuff as we are. I know. And it wasn't just women. Ladies. It was straight women. I mean, straight guys too, you know? So, yeah. So I realized there's a, there's a hunger there's uh, for the education. I started doing little series on it, having to walk a very tiny, thin line so that I don't get kicked off of TikTok because there's of only things, yep. certain things you can say and you have to use a lot of innuendo. And, um, but yeah, the response has been overwhelming. And that's really the part for me that's been the most rewarding about this whole thing is that, that there are so many people who come to me saying, oh my God, where were you when I was 20 years old? Oh my God, I'm 50 years old and I didn't know that. How did, you know, how did I go this long without knowing that? Yeah. I've even had, yeah, I've even had one, you know, one or two people that found me on TikTok who were from the Middle East. They had some issues going on with their butt in the Middle East, in certain countries, if you are found out to be gay, you could be executed. Yeah. So there's a couple of guys who were like, uh, you know, I've got something going on with my butt. I'm afraid if I go to the doctor, they're going to turn me into the government. I'm going to get executed if there's something wrong with my butt. So I'd say, well, go over to my Instagram, you know, send me a vanishing picture real quick. And yeah, I, I usually don't do something like that, but for you, yeah. because you know, you're, yeah, you're, this you're is a life and death situation. Yeah. <laughs> Let's take a look and see what it is. And it'll be just like a hemorrhoid or something. And I'm like, oh, okay. The fact that I was able to relieve your mind of, you know, dying by execution just by telling you you had a hemorrhoid and not some yeah. sexually transmitted disease. Man, the the international impact of this stuff has been mind-blowing. Yeah, uh, and that's absolutely incredible. I've actually heard you tell that exact story on other podcasts out there as well. And I'm and even now hearing it again, and I've heard it before, I'm I'm really floored. I'm just like, whoa, that's that that must be really, really intense because you've set out to do this. You know, you just set out to educate the kids in in a really, really fun way. And mm -hmm. and all of a sudden it it's it's this very serious thing, you know, coming at you. So yeah. it's it's really quite amazing. I'm I'm curious to see to hear what like your most asked question is on TikTok about butt stuff. I'd say that I'll give you three. Number one is, is it safe to douche? Okay. N number two is, how do I get rid of hemorrhoids? All right. Or, or make them not happen. And number three, I have bleeding back there and I don't know what's happening. What should I do? Oh, so yeah, yeah. we've gotten like serious. I I, I was hoping mm -hmm. it was going to be like, you know, I got, I, I sat on a traffic cone. You know? <laughs> <laughs> or something or something to that effect. Wow, that's uh, that's really really interesting. Yeah, these are yeah, these are the questions that get repeatedly asked though, you know. A lot of people have problems with fissures, with hemorrhoids. A lot of people are unsure about cleaning out or how to do it right. So, um listen, yeah, no one so, so no one told me. Like no, I yeah. I found out after college and I was like, "Wait a minute. Me and my first boyfriend never cleaned out." And then all of a sudden, now I have to do this. 
how how does this even work? How did that even work? You know? Right, exactly. <laughs> I That's, never felt like this was an issue. And now this is all, all of a sudden an issue. Right, exactly. And some of the people on TikTok who go on there and say things about that area, you know, doing that sort of thing have no medical education at all. And some of the advice they give kind of cracks me up a little bit. And I'll just kind of like put a one-liner in their, you know, the comments on their post and say, uh, uh, you know, I'm a Mayo Clinic trained doctor and I disagree with you. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> or, I've been doing this for 50 years and don't worry, it's fine. <laughs> Maybe you should be like Gordon Ramsay. Have you seen the Gordon Ramsay TikTok oh, yeah. <laughs> where he's like, he does the duets and he's like, what are you doing? What? No, no, no. Well, that's not true. No. Why are you doing that? <laughs> well, you know, I have to be careful because one of the things that people really like about my TikToks is that I, I'm, I come across as really relatable and not some stuffy know-it-all doctor. Yeah. Um, I, I try to make it a little bit more human than that, but that would be a funny way to do it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but in like a jovial way, not like he, he has created an entire brand of being a little aggressive and- oh. A lot mean. aggressive, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to be kind here. Shout out to you, <laughs> Shout out to you Gordon Ramsay, because you're listening, I'm sure. Uh, you yeah, know totally. what I mean? <laughs> so Butt Stuff 101, right? Because I know mm -hmm. there's a lot of ladies out there that love the butt sex. I, and I know some of you are listening. I will not call you out. You know, some of the some of the straight men out there that I know that listen, love a finger or a small toy up the butt, you know, so we've douched out, but like prep wise, what else should we be doing to like really prep ourselves in a healthy way to really, you know, take that traffic cone if we wanted to? <laughs> Great question. So the anatomy down there is really key to know for you to be able to understand how things work. Um, if you're directly looking from behind, you just see the outside of the anus. So, well, well, the, we would be looking through our legs into a mirror, right? <laughs> well, I'm talking if you're if you're looking if you're looking at someone else. <laughs> oh, got you, got yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if, if you have a partner and you want to and you want to butt play with them, so the anus itself is a circular muscle. So it's made out of on the external sphincter, a striated skeletal muscle, which you can voluntarily control. So you can clench it and release it and clench it and release it. Okay. So like, if you're going to have, if you rush into the bathroom and you're afraid you're going to not make it, then you can clench down to keep it from, from things from slipping out. Right. Yeah. Sometimes that doesn't work. I know no, it doesn't work always. <laughs> no, it doesn't work always. It definitely doesn't work always. There's an internal sphincter that's just a, a little bit more in that's made out of smooth muscle, which is not voluntary. So you can't control that. So you actually have to, you have to manipulate that so that it relaxes. Is that what we call the second hole? This, yeah, basically, this mysterious, yeah. this mysterious second hole that everyone, like yeah. if you have a really long penis, apparently you can hit this. <laughs> well, basically one of the most important things with that, with that opening is you, you can really relax it to take something in. So I have an exercise on my Instagram called uh, the butt clock. So you think of that circle of muscle as a clock. If you lubricate your finger and gently slide it in to say three o'clock and press over to three o'clock. So go in, go in centrally about an inch or two and then press over like to over three and, and hold it. Yeah. Yeah. Over and out and hold it there to mm -hmm. just press it out. What's going to start happening is that muscle is going to start relaxing and expanding so that that tiny little circle becomes a bigger circle. And then you move over to nine o'clock or 12 o'clock or six o'clock. And you just keep the, that that pressure over to those sides. Depending on your time zone. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, I think I just made the sign of the cross. But um, uh, anyway, so so with the um, with the relaxation, you can start taking things that what you would normally not be able to take, you know, right off the bat. So it's important to be very patient and gently put things in there. You don't just want to ram something up somebody's butt because it's going to tear their butthole. That's what's called can, the can anal Can you say fissure. that again for all the tops out there, all the quote unquote power tops out there? Just, I feel like they need to hear it. Don't just ram it in there. You got to play with it a little bit. You got to relax it. You got to massage it a little bit. You got to lick it before you stick it. There's a whole <laughs> song, y'all. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, so what I tell people is in the beginning, 
you know, clean out. Lubrication is key. I, I prefer either water-based or silicone-based lubes. If you're going to use a toy, then silicone on silicone is not a good idea unless it's a really high-quality toy because of the, the tendency for the toy to degrade over time. And you don't want to lose your expensive toys. So lubrication, stretching, like I told you, we're just pressing out. That, that's what we. That's the technique we use in the operating suite to dilate somebody's butt open if they have like something accidentally slide up in there and they can't get it back out. Wow. So we <laughs> stretch the hole, reach in and pull it out. Oh my God, we're going to talk. You've heard people like they end up at the we're, hospital with a cucumber. Or we're going to talk about it. We're, we're going to talk about it. We're totally going to talk about it. Oh my God. Wait a minute. <laughs> I, 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 you know what? We'll just talk about it uh, when, because I there's a whole section coming up just about that. Okay. I personally just don't like fingers. They feel like aliens to me. Like, I feel like it's weird. It's just, it's, it feels really You're weird. not alone. You know, thank you. You know what? Thank you for yeah, making, you can, you, you for, can, for letting me know that. Yeah, you're not alone. There's been a lot of people who's like, oh, whatever you do, don't stick a finger in me. Don't do that. So, you know, using a toy or you could even use the head of the penis to to do the same thing as as what I was talking about with the finger. But, you know, loosening things up is, is key. And I tell people, especially, you know, for the bottom to really get comfortable, because those first couple of minutes, listen, I've been on both ends of this before. Those first couple of minutes can be harrowing for a bottom. You know, it could be depending on what you're going to take. I mean, if you're going to take a big one, boy, you better be relaxed and ready and everything better be loose because it's going to be a nightmare if you don't. Yeah. So so I tell bottoms to take it, take control in the beginning, you know, sit down on it if you can, if you can physically do that, gently slide down. That way you control how fast it goes in, how deep it goes in without you getting hurt. And as soon as you take a deep breath and relax and you're able to just kind of release all that um, tension, then, you know, you can go to it. Yeah, I love it. And I mean, all this, all this butt talk and taking control is really, is really putting me in a mood, but yet it, we're in a <laughs> pandemic and I am in 120 square feet by myself, but I, I sure as heck will be lighting the candles <laughs> and pouring some non-alcoholic wine for myself a little <laughs> once we get off the That's call, awesome. Dr. Carlton. But speaking of taking control, I think now would be a great time for me to take a little control and take you, Dr. Carlton, into my favorite part and the audience's favorite part of the podcast, a little something we like to call Food News Update. Food news, honey. You ain't ready, girl. Spill the tea. News update. There's a company that will pay you $500 to watch Netflix and eat pizza. That sounds like a great job during the pandemic. Right. (laughs) You mean I could have gotten paid for all that I just did for like the last 10 months? Exactly. I mean, who needs to look at buttholes when you could just be watching (laughs) Bridgerton? Even though, have you been watching Bridgerton? I haven't started that one yet. There's a lot of there's a lot of butts in Bridgerton. Some good ass doc. There's some good ass in Bridgerton. Right. Good. I think I've seen everything else on Netflix. (laughs) Oh my God. Yes. Yes. So um, this comes from uh, a friend, a friend to the pod, Thrillist, not really, um, but Thrillist.com. Thank you for this uh, article. Casino Review Company, Bonus Finder, is taking a brief departure from its usual lane and seeking one qualified person to review Netflix shows and take out pizzas. The so-called professional binge watcher will be giving $500 and asked to get to work. Granted, work is watching Netflix and ordering takeout pizza. Isn't that awesome? That is awesome. Yeah, perks that come with the temporary gig include a a complimentary Netflix account, pizza delivery and movie snacks budget, a $500 payment for the review content, Dedicated content on Bonus Finder website for the winner to report back on their findings. Wow. Doc, I think I think with your TikTok following, you could be a top contender for this job. <laughs> <laughs> well, after I've gained the COVID-19 pounds, I probably should uh, not eat that much pizza, though. Yeah, Sounds great. Know. 
<laughs> is that not is that not part of the the clean butthole um, diet? <laughs> I got honey. I got to get in shape for summer because I'm planning on this thing being over by then, hopefully. So. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Listen, I'm I'm here for this. If you get the job, I at least get my fifteen uh, percent finder's fee. <laughs> Sounds good deal. <laughs> And if I get the job, well, I could sure use the 500 bucks with all the work that all the food work that I lost. And I think, you know what, bonus finer, call me a new series inspired by Julia Child's life is coming to HBO Max. Very cool. Um, Love me some Julia Child. Do you remember uh, the French chef? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And like, did you watch like uh, cooking shows growing up? Like uh, Graham, Graham Kerr, the Galloping Gourmet. Yeah, I think I think she was on PBS or something, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. all that all was PBS content back then. Yeah, yeah, she was awesome. Yeah, I um, was kind of got a lesbian vibe from her. Um, hello, she was yeah. she was definitely a lesbian, <laughs> definitely, <laughs> and she was a she was definitely a lesbian top. Shout out to all my lesbian <laughs> tops. She was not being gentle back then. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> You know, she but she but she knew how to work it. I I I trust and believe that she knew how to work it before she wasn't gentle <laughs> to say that <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> well, uh Julia Child made her television debut back in 1963 with the beloved series The French Chef, and now nearly 60 years since its premiere, the show will be revived in a fictional format for HBO Max. It's an eight-episode drama titled Julia, and it'll star Sarah Lancashire. Lancashire? Lancashire? Sorry, Sarah. I, I messed up your name. I'm no, I'm no good with names. And is inspired by Julia Child's extraordinary life and long-running television series, The French Chef, which pioneered the now popular genre of cooking shows. Look at that. Very cool. I mean, talk about new things to binge, by the way. You know? Yeah. So put that on your list. First Bridgerton. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. maybe Real Housewives of Beverly Hills if you're not watching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. I'll I'll binge watch cooking shows that are like the Great British Bake Off is one of my favorites, right? And I'll be on a low-carb diet trying to get ready for a vacation, and I'll sit there and watch 12 episodes of people baking cakes and bread and stuff, which is, is what I don't eat when I go on those things. Right. It's so, true. I, it's I love the Great British Breaking Show as well, and I find it very interesting. And even with myself, I kept asking myself, "Why do you love this? Nothing happens. No one's mean. Everyone's so nice to each other, right? The the music's so lovely. Everyone's like, are you okay? Oh, let me help you. Yes, like there right. is very like, little drama. Nothing happens. You know? Like that would never happen here. Everybody would be like conniving and trying to 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 spite everybody else. Yes, taking your taking your ish out of like the the quick frosting machine or <laughs> turning off your oven. Yes. No, I, I don't understand why we love it. Or maybe that's exactly why we love it because nothing happens and everyone is so nice. And so it's just like a nice little meditation sometimes, moment. Yeah. Sometimes you need a little nice. Yeah. Well, listen, I'm really excited to see what HBO Max uh, has done with the life and times of Julia Child. And I think you are too, Dr. Carlton. We Definitely. will be binging. Totally. Internet villain runs hot pizza underwater to cool it down. Science or insanity? That sounds like insanity to me. <laughs> that sounds like a big mess. <laughs> Thank you, Popular Mechanics, for this headline. I've had to stray away from Delish.com since they've started charging after you read three articles. And, you know, we on a budget these days. I, I needed to afford this new Shore microphone. So, but Popular Mechanics is coming through. So apparently the internet is ablaze from a Redditor's account of their husband's cursed pizza behavior, to quote Popular Mechanics. To cool down his pizza quickly, user Daddy Ravioli's husband rinses it with water. Wow. Why? Yeah, I know, right? That, that, that seems like it would totally destroy it. Like, what's the point? And being from the land of pizza here in New York, mm -hmm. like, it's, it's, it's true sacrilege. What are you doing? Yeah, just let it cool off. Come on. 
like, yeah, can can you not wait? Like, or something. <laughs> and isn't part of the pizza experience to like burn the roof of your mouth so like that top layer of skin just kind of hangs off and you're really <laughs> uncomfortable and it's really gross and you're sitting there being like pulling it off. I see that's a universal experience because I have that too, definitely. Everyone, everyone, <laughs> right? And things you shouldn't be putting in your mouth when that happens and maybe you will agree or disagree with me is penis. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Definitely. You don't want any sort of tears in there. Hello. Hello. You see, everything comes back to you, Doc. It does. I love that there was two pizza um, food news updates here. Uh, there's really nothing more to say about this than like, dude, what are you doing? And with that, I think this is just a great way to end food news update. How was that for you, Doc? That was cool. Right? Yeah, listen. The only news I think there should be these days is food news. (laughs) Right. (laughs) After everything we've been through in the last 10 months, definitely. I mean, I, I... Uh, I, we don't even talk about it here on the pod. We can't. We just yeah. we just yeah. can't. We are surrounded by it. But I want to get back to the to the weird things that you may have found up a butt or that the internet posts that people have found in people's buttholes. Definitely, sure. Yeah, I've had uh, calls at like six o'clock at night from the emergency room. Oh, there's a guy with a candle in his butt. Can you come get it out? Um, or I've had a candle seems a candle seems reasonable. Now yeah. let me now let's let's talk about what kind of can was it like a hurricane <laughs> candle <laughs> or was it like one of those stick candles for a candelabra or was it like a Yankee candle in its glass encasing? Yeah. That that would be impressive if it was a Yankee candle. <laughs> That's a lot to get in there. Um, yeah, yeah, it was just a, a long stick candle for sure. But yeah, okay. I've seen pictures. I've seen x-rays of light bulbs in people's rectums. Oh. I don't know how that happened. Oh. <laughs> like, how, how do you get in there without it shattering? I've you had... really have, have just jumped the gun because I was going to save the light bulbs to the end. <laughs> <laughs> I've had, well, that's I've... my question. How do you get it in there without without it shattering? Well, you have to be very relaxed and lubricated first. And first of all, I'm, t- I'm not. I'm telling no one. No one no. do this. <laughs> no, uh, no. In your mouth, listeners, we do not. We do not. We do advise not stick light bulbs. <laughs> you sticking anything else up your butt, but an approved toy, or maybe a penis, okay, <laughs> or your own finger, and gently and carefully, please consult your doctor. <laughs> Yeah, but somehow it somehow they these things end up there. I've had, you know, one of the most common things I've seen with people is it, it's usually a straight guy. Uh, straight guys in particular, they don't want to have toys around their house that their wife might find, so they use other things uh, in the place of that. I had a an elderly man who came into the hospital one time with a plastic Yakult yogurt bottle um, that his wife uses to drink the. The, the probiotics. Oh yeah, well, and they're that, like th- they're like three inches long. They're plastic. Yeah, and they have a nice curve to them. I could see yeah. that being enjoyable. Yeah. So he was he was using that, and it got away from him. Ooh. <laughs> and he went up he went up to grab it with his fingers, and he pinched it. And when he pinched it, it shattered the plastic and made it flange out like a fish hook. <gasps> but he couldn't pull it back out because it was like <sighs> literally lodged into his rectum. Oh. <laughs> so. Imagine having to go to the hospital, especially now in a pandemic, <laughs> with a plastic bottle up your ass. I can't breathe, Doc. <laughs> I can't breathe. Like, my entire body is <laughs> has been cleansed. Yeah, I, I also got called one time to the to the hospital. Uh, they called me and said, hey, there, listen, there's a there's a man who has left left lower quadrant pain. He had a CAT scan and on the CAT scan, right where his rectum and sigmoid colon come together, there is an ulceration. So we went ahead and started prepping him and we're gonna, um, we're going to uh, let you do a colonoscopy tomorrow. But we, you know, even though I know you like to usually talk to them first and order the preparation, we just did that for you. And I'm like, okay, well, that's unusual. So I walk into the guy's room to meet him and his wife and his two kids are in there and he looks really nervous. And I, I looked at him and say, uh, we're going to do the colonoscopy tomorrow. You're not going to feel a thing. You're going to be asleep. Don't worry. Everything's going to be fine. So he rolls down the next day to have his colonoscopy. And he 
pulls my head down to his ear and says, Doc, whatever you find, you tell me. You don't talk to my wife. You tell me. And I said, ooh, this sound, this is getting juicy. Okay. And then he, he pulled his head down, my head down to his ear a little bit more and said, hey, just so you know, last week, about five days ago, I did some drugs and got really high. And I'm, uh, oh, okay. And so I'm thinking in my head, well, what could he have done that could have, you know, maybe... Maybe he did cocaine or something and it did some God. ischemia in his colon and that's why he has this ulcer there. I don't oh know. God, you know he's not being honest. And then like, uh, so, so I, I, I give him the, the medication to knock him out. And it's kind of like truth serum, the, the stuff we used to use. This was a long time ago. And I got up and around this colon and just as I was coming, coming out is the only time I recognized that there was this big ulcerated area right where it showed on the CT scan. That looked like somebody had ripped it and it had ulcerated and started healing back over. Luckily, it wasn't completely torn because I could have actually made that worse by doing the procedure. And uh, immediately, I just bent down to his ear and said, okay, what did you stick up your ass? And so I called the surgeon and he, he never told me, by the way, he never told me. I, I ordered a, an emergency CT scan to make sure his his belly was okay. And it was. And I called the surgeon and I said, hey, you know, doc, there's this... Um, there's this married guy and he did some, some drugs. His wife was out of town and now he's got a near perforation in his colon. He's like, why is it always straight guys that do this? stuff? <laughs> what was it? Well, you know what? That guy got the hell out of the hospital. As soon as he woke up from his colonoscopy and figured out that everything was going to be okay. I never saw him. again. He never came back. Like he just, he just bolted. Like he yeah. figured out, okay, I'm okay. Everything's going to be okay. I'm getting the fuck out of here. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there's all kinds of adventures. And, you know, and, and one of the things about toys we talked about earlier, without a base, without a trace. So Ooh. if you don't have a nice flared wide base and it's not a toy that's designed for butt play, butts are hungry and they can suck that right up and, and it can get lost. So make sure that it's got a wide enough base so that it doesn't get lost. <laughs> and that when you use something that it's designed for butt play, butt play is awesome, but don't do something stupid, especially during a pandemic and have to go into an emergency room while it's already full of people who can't even get in the door anyway. And you just gave me the title of this episode, Butts Are Hungry with Dr. Carlton. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I found this article from the Huffington Post uh, UK from a couple years ago. And the 11 weird things doctors have found people have stuck up their butts. Uh, okay. One is a leg of a bed. Okay. Wow. So, That's impressive. Well, fine. But now your bed only has three legs. <laughs> <laughs> Cement mix. Oh, my God. What? According to this medical report, the couple explained that the man with the concrete in his anus had asked his partner to stir up a batch of concrete before asking him to pour it in his rectum via a funnel. Oh, God. Oh, God is right. A hard-boiled egg. <laughs> all right. A rat. Let's talk about all this because you hear about all these, like, old, like, Hollywood myths that so-and-so sticks hamsters up his butt and whatnot. What is, what, why, why would you Yeah, do I know this? who you're talking about. Yeah. Why? Allegedly, right? <laughs> I, I have no idea why anybody would do that. You yeah, know? Allegedly, yeah. I have no I, idea why. I mean, that's just. Cruel. It's creepy. It's cruel and it's dirty, you know? So, ugh. Yeah. Some it's dirty as in not clean. <laughs> not clean. And the poor animal. Why, why, like, no. I know. Yeah. It's cruel. No, 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 no. A few small balls. Well, that's nothing. Fine. Um, a screwdriver makes sense. A letter opener. Now, why, what, like, what possessed them to do that? Like, what, what, what made you pick that letter opener up and say, say to yourself, <laughs> this is a good idea. <laughs> this goes, it goes back. Body spray. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, I get that. A knife. No. Mm -hmm. No. Don't want to cut key, that. A key and a beer bottle. Mm -hmm. Wow. Beer bottle and a key. Wow. I guess bad decisions come in the middle of the night sometimes. <laughs> bad decisions come in the middle of the night, Dr. Carlton. <laughs> 
I just can't thank you enough for coming on the pod and, you know, talking about butt stuff with me and talking about my butthole because, you know, Lord knows no one else is talking about it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, give it the praise it deserves. Well, you know, she she is tight and right. Oh my God. Before we, (laughs) before we close out, I have noticed I'm a little obsessed with uh, dirty Twitter these days. Um, Uh And I see a lot of these boys, uh, getting new buttholes for some reason. There's a doctor running around New York doing all sorts of like butt surgery. What are they doing? You know, I'll have to check that out. I haven't seen that particular um, th- that particular thing going around, but I know that uh, you know it, you have you have to be really careful with what you do back there because you don't want to damage that forever. Yeah, I mean, and these aren't these aren't boys that are like fisting and like need some rejuvenation or anything. It's just like, yeah, I went in and so and Dr. So-and-so gave me a new butt. And I was like, wait, what what was wrong with it to begin with? I know, right? Why would you need that? Yeah. Like, Especially if you're yeah. not having issues. Right? I I, right. I I I I don't know. I don't know. Um, you know, thoughts on things like fisting and, and things the like? Well, that's definitely an art. And you have to know what you're doing. I have a lot of friends in the fisting community, and um, I take care of some porn stars in, in the area that are into that. And uh, it's pretty impressive. You know, I've scrolled through Twitter before, too, and seen some of the things they do. And it's like, wow, how do you, you know, that's like past the elbow. How do you do that? <laughs> um, well, I, I don't know. So I actually reached out, reached out to them and <laughs> <laughs> and asked, you know, what do you do differently? And, you know, their diet is completely different. So they're not eating like 24 hours before. They're cleaning out six to eight hours before. And then they're doing it again an hour before. And then again, 15 minutes before. And I hear um, some, I hear some people also do an emodium too like they'll take yeah. an emodium to like power bottom out or or yeah take a just, just yeah just yeah just to kind of slow down your motility you know when it comes to fisting you need to know you need to have someone first of all who knows what they're doing because you can get really hurt that way so a, a an experienced top when it comes to fisting is going to know how to not hurt you and how to read your signals like if you look like you're uncomfortable or if you're not having or if something's painful then then they know to back off so and they also know you go in one finger at a time and you don't just try to jam the whole fist in there at once so it's it's a very slow process um it it takes experience and i definitely recommend for people not to be on any substances when they do that because substances can obscure your ability to notice whether or not you're doing something wrong. Yeah. Is that pain receptors? Is that diet, quote unquote, this like diet of like not eating and then douching and then popping an emodium? Is that like, how good or not good is that for you? Well, I mean, if this is something you're doing once in a while, it's no, it's no big deal. Moderation. Yeah. Moderation. Yeah. Yeah. If you can't live your life like that every single day, Mm -hmm. um, but it, as long as you're doing it for these kind of special occasions, it's fine. And like I told you, <laughs> if, if, if when it comes to your colon, your colon is five feet long. So if you're cleaning out the last eight inches of your colon uh, for sex, the next dump you take is going to replace all that bacteria that, that you wiped out, you know, with douching. So that's why I don't get too bent out of shape about the whole microbiome. the whole flora the yeah. whole flora controversy because in your mouth listeners for the straight um, you know females and males and others who may not be having butt sex like that there that's the big uh, controversy within the community I would say is that like cleaning out ruins your the flora correct right and, and 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 what I'm here to say is you have hundreds of billions, if not more, bacteria in your colon right above where you're cleaning out. And it's just all going to come down with gravity. So don't get too worked up about losing your your flora. Now, if you're having a lot of weird problems with your bowels after, you know, when you're doing this frequently, then that's a sign you need to back off. But if it's not affecting your day-to-day life and your bowels in general, then you don't need to worry about it. Yeah. And, um, you mentioned fiber at the beginning of the podcast. I, I noticed there's two different types of fiber, psyllium husk and acacia fiber. Is there a difference? Well, yeah. Well, there's soluble and insoluble fiber. Um, so, okay. so, you know, soluble is going to completely dissolve, whereas 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 um, insoluble fiber is going to be more of a nice bulking agent to keep things 
Did um, I and did I mention a one soluble and insoluble? I I know nothing here. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so psyllium husk is something that's not going to dissolve, so it's insoluble. And so, yeah, and acacia yeah. fiber uh, dissolves. Is that how that yeah, works? I, yeah, I I I have to look at the acacia fiber itself. I, I'm not. It's not they, something that I. They promote use it for it. sensitive stomachs. Is mm-hmm. what is what I've seen, and it's why I take it. Yeah, it's probably like uh, the the one thing about psyllium husk is it can cause a certain amount of bloating mm-hmm. and gas. So the, the you know the, the acacia fibers are going to have less of that. Oh, oh, good to know. Mm-hmm. Good to know. Good to know. Well, before we close out, Doc, if you had one piece of advice to give the kids out there about you know their anal health or butt sex health, what would that be? Well, I think. There, there's a there, there's one for the for the for the gay community and there's one for the for the non LGBTQ community. Okay, uh, you know, great. For for the gay community, I think it's important um, uh, to make sure that you're ha- that you get your HPV vaccine because human papillomavirus causes anal cancer, and there's a seventy times increased risk of anal cancer when somebody has HPV and HIV. So um, it's really important if you're HIV positive and you have a HPV to get checked at least every year with an anal pap smear. If you're, if you're younger, if you can get the uh, HPV vaccine, which is available through insurances up to age 26, it's technically you can get it at any age. Um, it's really only effective if you haven't had a lot of uh, butt play before, you know, if you, if you know, so the theory is that you probably would have been exposed to HPV by now if you, have been playing this long, but I don't see any problem in protecting someone from developing anal warts or anal cancer because anal warts are, are a horrible thing for the gay community to deal with. I mean, it puts you out of commission. It's, it's, um, it, it, it's not pleasant to go through treatment for that. So, you know, HPV vaccine for, for, for the gay community, for the straight community, but play does not define you. It does, doesn't def- define your masculinity, your femininity, your sexuality. We all have a butt and there's a lot of pleasure and a lot of nerves that come with that. So don't yeah. limit yourself to missing out on something really pleasurable and enjoyable exactly. uh, just because of uh, some stigma. Yeah, exactly. And if you have never had your prostate milked, Jesus, that is an experience. Right. <laughs> it's like none other oh yeah i tell people that i I never knew what made my eyes roll back into my head until somebody did that while they were giving me head it's like whoa yeah yeah kind of stuff yeah just rub it in uh doc that you're married (laughs) that you're there meanwhile i'm sitting here alone you know let the little violins start to play Um, really quick and not like really really quick because we have to close out but you mentioned vaccine um and this is super controversial. I know you just got the vaccine. Quick notes on the vaccine for the, those people out there that are that may be scared of questioning this COVID nineteen vaccine. You have had it. Congrats. How are you feeling? Mm-hmm. Tell, give me the tea. Um, honestly, I got the first shot. I did the Pfizer vaccine. My, actually, my husband and I did the Moderna study to get it approved because we wanted an end to this thing. I got placebo and I knew I got placebo because I didn't feel anything when they injected my arm. So I probably just got a saline shot. Um, but when I got the Pfizer vaccine and I was unblinded and found out, yes, indeed, I was a placebo. Um, my arm felt like somebody punched me for like 24 to 36 hours. And that was it. And then three weeks later, I went and got back, got my second shot. And now I've heard a lot of people say the second shot gives them more side effects, uh, headache, fever, uh, body aches, you know, but just for like 24 hours. I didn't experience that. I had actually less arm pain in my second shot than I did on my first shot. So I sailed right through it. Now, some people, I'd say about half the people that I talked to say that they had some flu-like symptoms for just 24 to 36 hours after their second shot. But I mean, that's a hell of a lot less than risking your life from dying from COVID. I mean, we're coming up on 400,000 deaths in this country from this disease. And we, you never know who it's going to affect. I mean, yeah, mostly older people or people with underlying health conditions uh, are the people who are dying from COVID. But I've seen 40-year-olds, 30-year-olds in the ICU on ventilators. You know, this is nothing to play around with. No, not at, not at all. And it's just, I know I have these conversations with my friends 
out there, my family out there that like, you know, just people are scared of the unknown. And so it's good to have at least your opinion in the medical field. And as someone who's gotten the the Mm. vaccine, you know, hopefully to take a little bit of those worries away or maybe answer, maybe the question would be answered. Absolutely. And and being part of the study was also helpful for me to, to really realize how tight everything was run with those studies. Um, it was 100% legit. And I have, I was very impressed with all the work that they did to get it, get it done so quickly. That's amazing. Well, congrats on getting the vaccine. And thank you so much for that little addendum um, at the end of the pod. I can't thank you enough for being on the pod today. It has been so much fun and so great to connect um, with you, the one and only Dr. Carlton, thank right? You. That we're that we're seeing all over the internet today. It has been a grand pleasure. So thank you for giving me time out of your very busy schedule. It is greatly appreciated. My pleasure to be here. Of course. In your mouth, listeners, you know what? I mean, it's January. We're all trying new things. We're all getting into new new grooves. So why not? stick something up your butt safely. (laughs) Why not? Try something new. Dr. Carlton, give them all all the social handles so they can follow you, please. Absolutely. Well, my two main accounts are my uh, TikTok and Instagram accounts, and they're both D-O-C-T-O-R-C-A-R-L-T-O-N, Dr. Carlton. It's all spelled out. That's Um, it. Yeah, yeah. And then my my Twitter handle is Dr. Underscore Carlton. Amazing, amazing. Please go out there, show him all the love. You know what? Or or if you're a little curious and you don't want him to know you're watching or anybody, just, you know, slide on in and see what he's got to say because he's giving you all the information the right way. Today has been so, so much fun and so educational. I got I to gotta hop off this thing and get, and get a little uh, self-exploration done if you know what I mean. <laughs> so I'm just going to leave it there and say thank you for listening to In Yo Man!